the point of terrorizing the society can be defeated in many ways, but in part by educating people about what this is and how it's responded to. Welcome to Francophiles. From the French Embassy in Washington, D.C., we explore the links between the United States and France and all the history, culture, and connection that exist between the two. I'm your host, Tracy Madigan. This week, Memorializing Victims of Terrorism. Bonsoir et bienvenue à tous dans cette édition spéciale du journal de 20h que nous consacrerons avec toute la rédaction de TF1 aux suites de l'attentat commis hier contre Charlie Hebdo. Over the past few years, no other country in Western Europe has suffered as much from terrorism as France. More than 50 attacks have killed nearly 300 people. Mes chers compatriotes, au moment où je m'exprime, des attaques terroristes d'une ampleur sans précédent sont en cours dans l'agglomération parisienne. Of course, the US is all too familiar with the pain of terrorism. This Justin, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. France is building a museum and memorial focusing on terrorism over the decades including the attacks on the offices of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo and the Bataclan Concert Hall in Paris. Today, we're joined by Elizabeth Pelsay. She's the executive director of the French Museum and Memorial on Terrorism, which is set to open in 2027. We're also joined by Henri Rousseau. He's a French historian, director of research at the CNRS for the French Museum and Memorial on Terrorism. Cliff Shannon also joins us. He's the American counterpart of the French Project. He's executive VP of the New York National September 11 Museum and Memorial. We want to talk about the project ahead in France and what lessons can be learned by what has already been built in New York City. Here's our conversation. We're talking about this museum that will be built in France. So let me start with the most obvious question, which is to you, Elizabeth. You got the news, was it back in 2018, when the president said, we want this to be built? Yes, uh, in 2018, the president said, uh, I'd like this museum and memorial to be built. And um, we had prepared this reflection about uh, the memory uh, with the uh, victims' group supports. And uh, uh, we thought that it was necessary to have somebody to lead the mission, and that's why we asked Henry Rousseau to do so. So um, we worked together for months, and uh, we prepared a first report that we uh, gave to the president of Republic, and he said, go on with this project. This could have been something that someone in education looked after or some other branch, and yet they reached out to you, who has a background in justice. Why do you think that is? Well, at that time, I was interministerial delegate for victim support. And uh, at the very beginning of my mission, I had a discussion with a victim, and we spoke about memory. And um, I thought 
Well, it's a very interesting perspective. But uh, if we want to go on with this topic, we have to gather different people coming from different horizons, such as philosophy, history, uh, psychological side, and so on. And that's how the reflection started. Before we, we turn it to Cliff to talk about what already exists, let's let's hear from the historian. Let me ask you, Henri, what, what is the importance of a museum slash memorial, and what is the importance of history when we talk about a future construction? The project is two aspects. It's a memorial and it's a museum. Memorial mean, it's meaning it's a tribute to the victims, and it's a very specific project be, because it should be and it will be a national memorial. A, um, France has, has been struck by terrorist attacks since the 19th century, like many other countries. But especially from the recent de last decade, there were many, many attacks and deadly attacks. So there was a kind of a awakening that terrorism is part of our contemporary society, and we need to have a very specific national memorial for all the victims, not only the, the victims of recent attacks, but including the victims of the past, let's say. But as soon as we, uh, uh, we decided to have a national memorial, we immediately think about creating a museum. I mean, building a memorial, it's not a, I mean, it's not a big deal. Of course, we have a memorial for many things. Building a museum was to say terrorism is an important phenomenon for our contemporary societies, but we don't really know this phenomenon. We have to think about it. We have to provide a kind of a new knowledge. A museum, it's also a place of research, not just a place of transmission. And we have to explain to our um, citizens, uh, to our um, uh, compatriots, that see, uh, the history of terrorism has been part of the history of France, as the history of Europe, and even at a, a global level. That's, how, that's why we decided to build a museum in history, what we call the museum in history and society, dealing with the past, dealing with the present, and probably dealing with the future, which is one of the most difficult things we have to cope with. So I'm hearing you say that it's about uh, history, etc. Is it also about closure or education? What, what, how do you break that down? First, it's a place for all the audiences, not just the victims or not just the students. But of course, these two categories are the most privileged uh, part of the audiences. The, the students, because when you're creating a museum in history, immediately you think about the, the youngest. And you need to explain them something, you need to transmit something. And what I will add for this particular museum, uh, terror is not just a historical experience, like, for example, a museum uh, on, on, on the Holocaust. When you bring students to a museum uh, on the Holocaust, like, for example, in Washington, you, you, you're talking to them about something which happened in the past. It's history, and the, the older have to explain to the younger what happened. Here, 
we have to explain an exp something that the uh, young experience themselves. Uh, uh, for example, in recent attacks, uh, high schools have been targets. Uh, Jewish schools have been targeted by, by Islamist terrorists. So it's important to uh, give a kind of a distance to what happened. We, we were used to say that building a museum on, on terrorism is a way to fight fear, because fear, of course, it's a banality, but it's very important to record. Fear is the core of terrorism. The aim of a terrorist is not to kill is to frighten, is to render the population scared about what will happen. To build a museum with this historical dimension and with a specific attention to the students is a way, I mean, we believe it, and is a way to take some distance and to, uh, to, um, to be able to cope with this fear of sidération, sideration, as we say in French. Cliff, you're the executive vice president of the New York National September 11th Museum and Memorial. Do you see that? Do you see what Henri is talking about? That this presence of what happened in the past can help us to confront the fear? Because by definition, it's terrorism. It's designed to terrorize us. Absolutely. Um, in the case of the French Museum Memorial, in our case and many others, it really is part of the response of the society. So it has an educational purpose, it has a commemorative purpose, but it also has a communal gathering purpose, a way of expressing resilience that as horrible as the incidents are, these attacks are, and the large numbers of victims that they claim, there is a response that incorporates facing the reality of what happened, providing comfort to the families of the victims, telling the story so that the students, the younger generations that come to these places, and many do come to our place and the other places, and certainly will come in France, that they understand there is a context to this, that it can be understood, that the point of terrorizing the society can be defeated in many ways, but in part by educating people about what this is and how it's responded to. You've been working there for years. How long? I started on this in 2005. Okay. And so when the people who have plans for the French memorial and museum came to you, what did that look like? It looked like it, it felt familiar, let me put it that way, that the problems that we faced are similar to the problems that they face and will face. You know, one of the interesting things about our experience is our museum has become a point of reference for communities around the world that are facing the aftermath of some terrible event and need help finding their way to their own version of a solution. And what they want is just, I think, some reassurance that this can be done, that the emotionality that is so powerful that goes with this, that dealing with these bereaved people who have the most uh, investment in the outcome of the development of a museum, I think they want assurance that there is a way out that makes sense for the families, for the survivors, but also for the public at large as it's expressed in the museum. So you see some of those problems probably ahead of time more than the, the team in France that's working on this. L tell me, Elizabeth, there are lots of similarities with, with what's already been done, but there are a lot of differences as well. Now, one of the big differences is that the September 11th memorial is dedicated to one specific event. That's not the case in France, is it? No. The difference is, uh, as you said, 
that our project is focusing on 50 years of terrorism in France. So it's a big difference because, first of all, the place where the museum will uh, be located is not the place of a terrorist attack. Big difference. And then we also have to deal with a long period. And uh, this long period shows a sort of repetition of terrorist attacks. And we couldn't imagine how many terrorist attacks took place in France during those 50 years. So it's also very interesting for the visitor, the visitors who will come to see that it is part of our history in France. <laughs> and so what are some of the similarities then? What are some of the similarities that you say, I'm going to be, we're going to be able to take what Cliff has done with the September 11th Museum, you and, and your entire team, and emulate that? What are the, the things that you will be able to duplicate? One of the most interesting lessons is first to take time to do things correctly and also to build uh, this close relationship with victims and to have what Cliff uh, called conversation series. It means always going to victims, always asking them what are their expectations and trying to have this trust between them and us. And really, that's a theme that is recurring when we talk about these projects, right, is the stories, the narrative, what people remember, what people need to know. And that's just custom made for history, isn't it? That's what, <laughs> that's what history is all about. How important is it to get a variety of voices to make sure that all the different facets of history are gathered in one place? And how difficult is it to do that, Henri? Well, it's difficult because one more time we're dealing with the history of 50 years. And uh, one of the singularity of the French project, because it's covering a, a, a long-term period, it's a, we're dealing with very different kind of terrorism. We're dealing with political terrorism. We're dealing with, with what we call regionalist, uh, separatist terrorism. We have this movement in France, like in the Basque country or in Corsica. We're dealing with the uh, Islamist terrorists. We're dealing with the ex extreme left or the extreme right terrorists. So we have a, a variety. I ha even I can say that France has been struck by all kinds of terrorism in, in the last 50 years. So the narrative, of course, are different. And even the implications of what we will see in this museum uh, regarding to the uh, contemporary French society are very different. For example, if you, uh, if you are talking about Corsica today, it's still a very vivid issue. So uh, what we were... Uh, Commander, the uh, the comparison with the New York Museum is mainly how they did it. Not the, the the topic is different, of course. Even if we probably have a section on 9/11 in the in our museum, but the the real problem is how how will we do it? How, for example, what is the place of the images? What is the place of the historical context for each uh, museum uh, for each event? So uh, we have plenty of common issues together, and they, I know the answer won't be the same for 
just a very simple reason. The French sensitivity to these issues is different from the American one. In France, everything is political. I mean, we, we, we can try to avoid it. We won't be able to do it. So immediately we will have to be careful about the way we uh, come on there. We are treating all these political issues because there's still vivid issues, again, in the French society. The head of the Holocaust Museum here in Washington, D.C., said that success outcome has to be measured. And she said someone leaving the Holocaust Museum and simply feeling sad is not success. So what I want to ask each of you this, we'll start with you, Cliff. What is success when it comes to knowing whether or not you've built a museum and memorial properly and are allowing it to function properly? I mean, there are some measures that are perhaps superficial, but nonetheless important. I mean, do people come? Do they respond so that they're encouraging others to come? I mean, these are really important indicators. The, the sort of voice of your audience does make itself felt and is expressed over the course of time. But, you know, at a more qualitative, personal level, the real measure, and it comes out in different ways in terms of people's reactions, is the impact of what they're seeing. I agree completely that this is not about making people sad. And obviously, in all of these stories, there are elements of sadness. It's unavoidable. But there's something much deeper behind it, because when you get into these stories, you're really talking about people being put in these situations in extremis, and you're talking about people who are trying to do something for them. And that's very basic and very human. So what we see as a measure of success is not, are you having an emotional reaction to what you're seeing? That's a normal thing, but that's not the point. The point is, do you engage more deeply with your own sense of purpose in the world? Do you see something in our story that leads you to ask questions to yourself about, what am I doing? How am I reacting? What am I here to help with? Those are the things that... We see, because we hear from students, we see projects that people start, we see various ways in which the things we're doing have that kind of impact. To me, that's really the measure of success. That must be really satisfying. It's extraordinarily satisfying. It comes with students, young ones as well as old. It comes with our visitors. It comes with the programs we have for the New York City Fire Department or the Police Department or the military or the, the intelligence agencies. I mean, we have really been called upon to do things now that we never imagined we would be doing, but that always come back to this issue of look at this story and find your purpose in it. Right. So, Elizabeth, let me ask you the same question. You've been handed this huge task, um, and when, when you hear experienced voices like Cliff's talking, how are you going to measure success? What's the success outcome? Well, for me, it's very simple. I visited many places like uh, Ground Zero, Camp des Milles, Camp de Rivesalt, Memorial de Caen, Oslo, Utoya. There is one sign for me which is very precise. I can't stop my reflection about this memory. It comes in my mind very often at various moments why, I don't know, but it's something which is in me forever. And I think it's 
a way to measure the impact of such a visit. And it changed me deeply. And that's what you want from people who will be visiting. Exactly. Let me ask you this, Henri. Isn't this a, a historian's dream come true? People are building memorials and museums so that stories continue to be told and that those stories have an impact? Well, of course, it's, it's one of the aim of the historian. But to answer to the, to the same question, I, I will say maybe two, uh, two components. If a visitor came out, comes out from this museum and say there is some reason to hope, it's okay. We have achieved something. But the other one is, uh, I enter this museum with many ideas about terrorism, and now I have many new questions. And this, for me as a historian, one of the most important aims. We want to deconstruct the concept of terrorism. We wanted to say, for example, this is what we will do in the permanent exhibition. Uh, if we are talking about 50 years of terrorism in France and in elsewhere, it's not just 50 years of attacks, 50 years of despair, 50 years of a victimhood. It's also 50 years of trial, 50 years of fighting terrorism, 50 years of reaction to, to terrorism. So this is very important to say that history is not just the dark side of history. It's the whole, all, all of the sides of history. Maybe we should end with you, Cliff, because you are sitting here with all the experience in the very thing that France is aiming to do in creating this new museum and memorial. From your vantage point, what do you see in the years ahead before this is built? What, what, what advice do you have? What hope do you have? And how does it feel to be watching this? Well, it's really a privilege to be part of any of these things. I certainly felt it about you know, our own project. And then when I was invited to be part of the planning group for this, uh, I understood it as a deep privilege, you know, particularly for an outsider to come in. I understand what that means. The thing about it is this, and maybe this is a little bit different than what you're asking. Um, there's something about this work that requires a kind of affirmation from the outside. That is to say, you know, I think I know what I'm doing, but the feedback has to be that serious people who look at what I'm doing can criticize it for good reasons or can accept that this is worth doing. And so I have, for years now, understood what I do in relation to how other people see what I do. And I will say with Elizabeth and Henri, I have been enriched in my sense of what I do because of what they have seen in what I and my colleagues have done in New York. One of the risks of these work of this kind of work is to become too isolated in it. Mm -hmm. And it's not for everybody, to be honest. It's for certain kind of people. This is not a judgment about others, but like any other job, there are people who are drawn to do it and who can do it. And for other people, there are other jobs that they are equally drawn to and equally capable of. And for those of us who wind up doing this, it's very important that we find our peers and colleagues elsewhere because there's a reinforcement for all of us in the dynamic, in the dialogue that happens, in the mutual recognition that comes. And I have certainly found that with my French friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you, Henri. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 
we'd like to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the show and who you'd like to hear us talk to. And please subscribe and rate this podcast. That way, more people will hear about it. Our podcast is produced by me, Tracy Madigan. Our editorial team is Pascal Confavreux, Baudouin Carrard, Pierre Léonard, and Susanna Autier. Our technical team is Nasrin Mirza and Patrick Nazaire. Thank you for listening. Au revoir.